0: So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Welcome to the 2M podcast, (laughs) which is a conversation between two seasoned journalists with a combined experience of 40 years. My name is Julie Masiga, and with me is...
1: Clay Muganda
0: Welcome to this week's episode. This week we're discussing tabloid radio and rape culture in Kenya. But before we start, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And of course you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and of course hit that notification bell. So you can be notified every time we have a new episode out. You can find us as the 2M podcast across all our social media platforms. And you can get more information about this episode and episodes to come in the episode notes. So, Clay, why don't you set the stage?
1: If there's any kind of talk that excites radio listeners in Kenya, it's about relationships. And that means sex. While that kind of talk shows up ratings for the show's hosts, and the respective stations, it also rubs people the wrong way, especially when the hosts get carried away. Sex talk cannot be regulated. And that means the hosts cannot tell when they're crossing the line because they speak as if they're speaking to their own friends in the same room with them and not to the people out there.
0: Yeah, so speaking of regulation, In addition to myself and Clay speaking today, talking and having this conversation, we're also going to speak to Victor Buire, who is the deputy CEO and programs manager at the Media Council of Kenya, who of course are charged with regulating sex talk. We'll see how far they've been able to go with that. So let's launch right into the topic for today. We're starting with the shenanigans that happened on Twitter following, or the outcry on Twitter following Shafi Weru's comments on Homeboy's radio. I think it was a week back?
1: No, around three weeks back.
0: About three weeks back. (laughs) So Shafi Weru, DJ Joe Mufalmi and uh, and a co-host were discussing, um, a case of gender-based violence whereby a woman meet, met a man on Facebook and met him for the first time, after meeting him on Facebook, met him in person at a building in Nairobi and things didn't quite go the way they expected. And I think he wanted more from her than she was willing to give, so he threw her threw her off the 12th floor. Luckily, she landed on the ninth floor, otherwise she would have been dead. Um, and the case is in court, so we won't discuss too much about that. But when Shafi and Co were discussing the case, they turned it into a conversation about morality and how women are loose and should play harder to get, right? And that's what caused the outcry. Because women, of course, came in to support their own, defend their own, and said you can't trivialize a case of gender-based violence by turning the conversation into something about women's morality. Mr. Muganda, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It always ends up there. <laughs> it's always about morality, and uh, at the end of it all, any time a woman is attacked, and it's all about, uh, that's where we get things like, in the event of rape or attempted rape, it's always like, how was she dressed?
0: Right, it always ends up there, but is that, is, is that justifiable?
1: Uh, but even before we get there, I mean like, how did we get people like, that kind of conversation on air? <laughs> How did we get to that point where mm-hmm. we have that kind of of conversation on media? How did we get, because more or less you can call it like rape culture. Right. How did we start having those conversations on, uh, on air? I think that's where we need to probably start from.
0: I think I'd think venture to say that people have those conversations in person all the time, right?
1: Yeah, but uh, that's very true. That's yeah. true. I mean, we tend to have those conversations all the time. I mean, and... Uh, it's more or less culturalization or socialization. but here's a case where when you have a platform like the media which is a very powerful tool and um, you start discussing that I, I think there should be a, they should have been at some point when actually uh, this that kind of conversation or that kind of talk should have been stopped you know so uh, uh, it's not it's not an, an, a name in journalism I've tried to read through it I've never come across it but I it's something I call tabloid radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, were we really ready for it? I think that's where probably we need to start from. Where tabloid radio is what? Tabloid radio is like the kind of uh, the, our morning talk shows mm-hmm. where everything goes, you see. It's not, uh, can I just say like it's the opposite of that KBC we grew up listening to.
0: VOK, for those yeah, of us who are old VOK, enough. Or VOK,
1: yeah. It's mm-hmm. the opposite of that. Where tabloid radio now is, uh, it's like a mishmash of almost everything without any direction. Can't But yes, do, these people do have... Uh, they do have a script or they have like, this is the the DNA of the show. This is how it's supposed to run. But the kind of that talk, it's not the kind of talk that you'd listen to on radio 10 years, I mean, maybe 20 or 30 years ago. So that's why I call it tabloid radio because it uh, talks, it's more about, There's so much sex and there is so much, I will probably call it, there's so much nudity, if at all it was. On radio. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, yeah, there's so much recklessness. Right. But then,
0: as you're saying that, Mm. um, it's because people tolerate that type of talk. If you think about, like, Maina and Kingangi, or the most, many radio shows, they tend to talk about relationships, gender wars, sex issues, because that's what they, they say that's what people want to hear. Exactly. So it, whose fault is it? Is it their fault, or it's it the fault of the people who listen to radio?
1: Um, actually, I think there's so many people who are on the wrong here. For me, very many people are on the wrong. And it starts with, um, I, w- I still want to go back to where the whole problem starts tabloid radio thing and tabloid radio and rap culture Mm -hmm. here's a case where uh, you can give me two or three minutes very many years ago two or three minutes yeah very many years ago we had uh, we had kbc which was straight and narrow or vok and all that straight and narrow and we had very few if not very few we had all the stations that we had Even if they were vernacular, they were all related to KBC. They were called General Service and there was National Service. So the one which could speak it, the vernacular radio stations were all related to KBC. So then, somewhere in the 90s, the airwaves are opened, and we get all these frequencies and we get all these licenses. So we have radio stations, we have all this, but we don't have people to work there. So we started looking for people. We said we had. Uh, opportunities, but we did not have a capacity. First of all, most of the radio stations that opened at the first time, all save for capital, all of them got people from KBC. By that time, Kenya had only two, I think, two less than five media schools, media institutions. It was Nairobi University's uh, School of Journalism and KIMC. 90% of the people actually came from KIMC. Nairobi University was offering a, a postgraduate diploma. So here's a case where Backstreet Colleges started coming up to fill that void. And these Backstreet Colleges were teaching everything, like they would offer Ayata uh, courses, air travel, and at the same time offer journalism, and at the same time probably even offer hairdressing, <laughs> you see.
0: <laughs> Plumbing, cooking.
1: Yeah, everything. So you see, and then during that time, people, everybody was rushing to produce journalists so to speak who could fill this void because so many opportunities were coming up and they did not have to fill them. So apart from that also the kind of discussions we used to have before were either social issues and apart or politics but now it go to a point when people go tired of listening to politics so what are we going to fill in the airtime that we have on radio then that's when what you can call this trash talk came in, where now anything goes. There was nobody to regulate.
0: But we have regulators. We have the Communications Authority, exactly. the Media Council of Kenya. And
1: what do, what, what do they do? Like um K- uh, Communications Authority of Kenya, the uh, Communications Authority, mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. uh, the Kika, the Kika, the Kenya Information Communications or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the Act. Yeah, the Act of 1998 mm-hmm. was to, that one was for actually forming it. It was an act of parliament for forming the communications authority. Actually,
0: 1998. Was, Kenya 1998. Sorry, Kenya Information and Communications Act 1998. 1998.
1: Yes. right. That was, first of all, it was for forming the commission. That mm. is the first thing it was for, for forming the commission. So you're
0: saying it came too late in the day?
1: That one. Mm. And two, it came, but then, yes, we've been making the laws as we go by. We pass. we make the laws after the fact. Yes, there are circumstances that actually force people to legislate, something happens and you feel like, oh, we need legislation for this. But you see, it's something that we did not anticipate. So we were very quite slowly, we were slow in thinking like, how fast is this thing going to grow?
0: Okay, that's that's one side of it, Clay, okay. um, in terms of regulation catching up with how, how fast society is evolving. But then the other bit is that, what they, what you're calling trash talk or trash radio, where they got that content, was basically from the society.
1: Of course, yes. Which means
0: that the society was sick before radio got sick.
1: The society was sick. The only thing that happened is that now, we gave, the society got a platform. All these things that we had been saying in our bedrooms and our boardrooms and talk, I mean, and in locker rooms and all that, somebody started airing them nationally. And you know what, we started cheering because these guys were speaking our language. All these things that we have been saying silently, somebody started speaking them and we said, okay, fine, that's okay. We never figured like, oh, this thing will at some it's point get out slope, of hand. Yeah, yeah? sometimes get out of hand. And uh, for this, as you as you call them the the media regulatory bodies, what do they do? For them, it was like, oh, media is growing. That is freedom of
0: speech. Which is which it's kind of like freedom of speech.
1: Yes, but you see, With at limi- the same time, some of their rules they mm-hmm. actually tell you are the freedom of the speech. The limitations. The limitations. Right. Yeah. Because if you look at, I mean, like some of the some of the mm-hmm. the code of conduct for the same communications authority.
0: Or I even mean, the media council.
1: The media, the code of conduct, uh like what do they say? It should reflect the national values, aspirations, hopes, and dreams of Kenyans. What are those? What are our hopes and dreams in a country where everybody wants kwamoka? <laughs> yeah, where I mean, where everybody wants kwamoka. So you'd actually go ahead and probably tell people there, talk to them like, it's so difficult to discuss to discuss corruption, something like that, or anti-corruption or measures like, because somebody will be talking about kwamoka, and most of the time kwamoka is through underhand deals.
0: Okay, fine. Yeah, but back to rape culture, then the Media Council of Kenya, speaking about how, uh, how people on radio talk about stuff, um, in their code of conduct now for MCK, says that a person subject to this act, the act that created the Media Council of Kenya, shall treat all subjects of news coverage with respect and dignity, showing particular compassion to victims of crime or tragedy, which is actually it's almost like common sense. when you're you're dealing maybe with a child's news source or somebody who's suffered a crime or somebody who's been a victim of terror, for example, there's some sensitivity that should go into the way that you discuss things, so you started by saying, "Where did where did this where we where did, where did the rain start beating us?" And you've explained how we went from KBC to a liberalised media market, and then there were so many media stations, and people needed content. Yeah.
1: right? actually, content is what was lacking. Yeah. Content
0: was lacking, yes. and then they landed upon this content. Mm. And then you spoke about that. These are the conversations that we've been having. Who's been having them? Because you rarely find a group of women discussing how men should. Uh, play hard to get or uh, men are so loose nowadays, eh? you know, they're just they're just desperate. You know, you never find that I don't think you'd find that tone of conversation that could potentially lead to violence in only female spaces.
1: No, That, that one you know you can say better because you have been in a group of groups of women, so I cannot oh, say that. Yes. Okay, no,
0: no, no, because you said <laughs> yeah. we, the conversations we've yeah, been Yeah, having.
1: you're saying like um, women would not be caught doing that, yeah? Women would we, not we, be would caught, un, yeah.
0: Would, would un, would, would, it's not likely for women to speak about things that lead to violence in a flippant manner. They might comment, even women commented on, on the case that we spoke about earlier, the lady who was pushed off the 12th floor, but it was more sensitive as is envisioned by the MCK. There was a, more, there was a sensitivity to how they were discussing actually,
1: it. Yeah, as you call it, first of all, you say that whatever you read, the act for... Uh,
0: media Council of Kenya, the, the act Council. that constituted it, right?
1: you don't need a law you call it common sense Yeah. you don't need a law to tell people to be sensible you so see, then so we are just so it still comes back to to all to us we are just not sensible people we are not sensible but this
0: people. is the why we have laws rules and regulations because it's anticipated that we are not sensible okay
1: fine so uh-huh. <laughs>
0: people need to follow just do do the right thing but then okay fine let's let's change this conversation a bit no you're
1: talking about yeah do, do, do still work just where you are about uh Women not talking. You're asking, like, where have we been having where these, are these conversations?
0: conversations being had, and why are they being tolerated?
1: Yeah. So, but now I'll tell you this: where this, when I say where these conversations are being had, we've been having them. It's like boys and men. They talk about these things, and it's what makes this thing a bit difficult, even as we grow up, a bit difficult for men. Is that you have to learn and unlearn because everything you ever had when you're growing up or everything that you guys ever talked about, it gets to a point and you realize like, oh, so this was not the way that it should be because I'll tell you this for free. At any one point when people are growing up, it was like when she says no, it just means means yes. yes. So the only thing that you need to do is keep on pushing until that no turns into, into yes. yes. So you have you to see, persuade. Yes, to persuade. Because also, it was like the, the this thing about like you have to chase. Or it was like, no, she's just playing hard to get. Here, yeah, Shakubal, you know, she's already said yes. So we just keep on pushing. There was never anything like, now stop when she says no, stop.
0: But that's interesting because that's what we're saying now. And Shafi was saying that women need to play hard to get.
1: And uh, that's why I I say that it becomes very difficult being a man for a man to understand this because you need to learn and and unlearn because all this time you are being told that when she says no, she actually who, means who, yes. Who, okay,
0: this is my problem in that argument. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I wonder who is saying, who is telling you Who's because telling you it? have these conversations. <laughs> like every every human I, being I, I, is born I will of
1: a call, woman. I will call it, it boy school. And boy school is not like a boy school and all that. This is a conversation that you'd hear almost. A, a
0: boys club, a, almost. boys
1: club, yeah. When you guys are 20, you're starting out, setting out like, oh, you're... Trying to hit on the first the first girl you meet and all that, and you come and give your 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 peers your boys the the, the report. It was like The oh. report. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're reporting now. Okay. Yeah.
1: Then it's like, oh no. And actually, generally, society um, we are a society that actually has um, even not men alone. The boys actually who've grown up, even their mothers.
0: This is the thing. As I was trying to say that every human being is born of a woman. And in in a large number of cases, mothers have a big say in how their children are being raised. So as women also, we have to look at this society that we have helped create. Of course, it's patriarchal. That's why we, we came and found it like that. But how are we? Cre- I, thought, I
1: thought we moved from patriarchal.
0: No, to, as in okay, the setup, <laughs> yeah. just general setup of things where, in, even like the like, uh, employ- in terms of employment or political positions, they tend to be more men than women. Of course, we're getting better and better as time goes on. But what is the role of women in creating the kind of men that women hate?
1: I'll go. Uh, I'm not married, so, but these are stories I've had. There are women actually who suffer at the hands of their husbands. Yeah. And you'd expect the first person to help her. Is her mother-in-law, right. but the mother-in-law will not. The mother-in-law will probably side with the son. There've been situations where women have been killed. Actually, uh, in where the mother-in-law and the son collude to kill the wife. There've been situations like that. There, there's a case. There's a case right now. I think I read about it in the paper. There's a case in uh, Kiambu where there's a widow, and the people who are trying to Uh, uh, take her land away from her is not her father-in-law but her sisters-in-law. So it is the father-in-law who actually is coming to her defense. The husband died, I think, in 2017. The people, the the husband was the only son. But now the people who are fighting this woman
0: are his sisters.
1: Are his his sisters.
0: Yeah.
1: His sisters-in-law. So, you see, when it comes sometimes to attacking women or not working towards women it's not just and that's where the society comes in sometimes actually even other men other women also tend to play this role of creating this anti-women stance in the society it's patriarchal i mean no doubt about it
0: yeah no doubt about it but then a shift now also happened with the whole empowerment of the girl child where well women now some women felt that they could take advantage of the patriarchy like we're trying to discuss where did this whole sponsor culture come from? Where now women under, began to see that it can be transactional. My no can turn into a yes if you pay for it, right? But there there's always that understanding for most women who engage in things like that, there's an understanding at the beginning that this is a transaction. But then now it's becoming, it's gone to a point where every time something bad happens to a woman, um, people start saying, but to, to fair, or these women are loose. They've kind of They want to even remove whatever the woman is getting from the equation and just to say that every time a woman engages with a man, she has to pay with her body.
1: Yeah, let's put it, let's go back to, I mean, again, these talk shows, eh? Mm -hmm. and I'm not bashing, I'm not here to bash radio stations and all that. I actually have defended defended the media more times than I can remember. Yes, (laughs) I can vouch for that. But um, let's go back to this, because this sponsor culture, it is basically... We tend to hear more about it from the media. I mean, through the media, because I'm very sure now if you walked to your village in Busia and stopped some girl there and asked what is sponsor culture, probably she does not listen to this radio station. We know, she but
0: we not. just gave it a, a language. We I know, I know it. that, I yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying, you asked like, when did we get to this thing of making sex transactions? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Where, you know, the kind of uh, information or the kind of shows that we have, they go to this point where everybody became a relationship expert. And in Kenya, a relationship expert is actually somebody. They don't talk about love. They talk about sex. Yeah. And then we came up with this language that kupewa. You know, if you give, you, you mean you bought all that alcohol and you did all that and how kupewa? you know. We mm. made sex something like giving. There's a giver and there's a receiver where the man is the receiver. So when the man gives out money or takes you out for a drink or takes you for a holiday... What does what how do you how does he get his money's worth back? You have to give sex. And that's why I disagree with everybody. People don't give sex. People, People have, have sex. sex. You know, <laughs> sex is not given. No. So but, so no, just a minute. So uh, when it got to this place where when we said using language like kupewa, kunimwa, give and receive, like sometimes somebody comes back from maybe a night out or went out hanging with some girls or maybe a girl he liked. And the first thing, like, did you get anything? power, you know? So when it got to a point where we we reduce sex to giving and receiving, it it got to a point where, like, if you're not given, then you feel like, if I'm not given, then I can take.
0: Why? I mean, which which, logic is that? If you're not given, you're not given.
1: Yeah, if you're not given, yeah, you're not... Actually, if you're not given... That it doesn't mean
0: you should take. It just means you've no, not been it given. It does
1: not mean you should take, and that's why rape is a crime, and that's why rape is wrong, and that's why consent is important.
0: Yes, but the yeah. lines of consent are completely blurred, like you're talking about giving and taking. At which point do you get from, if you're not given, you take?
1: No, that's why... I mean, that's the, at what point did he decide, like... Because it is inculcated in you that after I do this, I am supposed to get. So if I do not get... Then probably, how do I recover either my investment? You can call it that. All
0: right. Okay. Yeah, how right. do you
1: recover this? So it's like uh, it's like somebody owes you money, and you're going to to do take your auction, take auctioneers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To recover that. To recoup debt, your losses. To recoup, recoup your losses. So uh-huh. how do you recoup your losses? Sikupewa? What was... Were you supposed to be given? I was supposed to be given sex. Oh, come on. There's no... I the, can see... I've never I, had such a, a... There's no uglier language than that.
0: So now, because like relationships generally are give and take. Generally.
1: Give and take. Uh, and it's give and take, but uh, you agree on the terms.
0: You agree on the terms, yes. But obviously, it's in terms of using the language of Kupewa and... What's the opposite kunimo. of Kupewa? Yeah, that, that one. Oh. Like in a relationship, you... Like let's say you cook dinner. Let's say we're in a relationship. You cook dinner, then I wash the dishes, or I make I made breakfast, then you make dinner, or I you took the car to be washed. So I don't know. I it's actually what, what
1: you, actually what actually yeah, what I think what you're calling it is compromise. You're, yeah, it's we're
0: compromise, it? but compromise. it's a give and take. It it's doesn't work take, unless yes. there's give and take. Yeah, but that's outside of the context of violence. So what has happened? I think the world has become very capitalistic. Everything in ten nine. Uh, in Kenya, if I can say the word, too late. Also in Kenya, <laughs> um, where money is the end all and be all. You want to be an MP or an MCA because you want to make money. You want yeah, to get ten thousand. Yeah, you see you
1: want why to I was make money. saying that's why I was I, I was saying like uh, this, the, some of these broadcast things, yeah. where it's supposed to be what it's supposed to show the, it's supposed to show the. The va- to reflect the national values, aspirations, hopes, and dreams of Kenyans. And I was asking, what are those? Because your hopes and dreams now is
0: to be corrupt, you know? But we have national values in the constitution, I think. Let me just- Do you need a constitution to have those? No, that must be what they're referring to uh, uh-huh. in, in that language. But yeah, our hopes and dreams and our values are completely upside down. And then this aspect of money has come in where people want to get money. Money is the, is the, is the God. Yeah. So men, women, men want to have that money because they feel that even women want money and I'll get a woman faster if I have this money. So this give and take has cha- has moved away from an ordinary compromising relationship into I am giving the money because I, everybody wants it and if, if I'll get you faster if I if I finance your lifestyle. So you can summarize and basically go back to I know you hate this word with a passion clay, but the patriarchy.
1: patriarchy.
0: Yes. <laughs> the way society is set up, it tilts towards men, although it's changing, changing very slowly.